It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 722 of the Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, November 26, 2023. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and we are joined by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one and only Joe at Marnus3 at mstdn.party on the Mastodon. How are you, Joe? I'm doing fine, Tim. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you. Also joining us from the left coast, Kathy Larkin. How are you, Kathy? Oh, I'm cold. You know, our our temperature dropped last night. It was 38 again. Yeah. So we're heading towards freezing at night. Yeah. Welcome back, Kathy. Yeah, And joining us this week for the first time from Stephanie Miller Show Fandom, Donna Zelfinger runs Green Earth Travel. How are you, Donna? Good. It's Donna Zeigfinger. I don't mean to correct. Oh, Zeigfinger. <laughs> Zeigfinger, yes. Finger, yes. Zeigfinger. Um, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm home from uh, the Stephanie Miller show, and I just got back from a cruise, so everything oh, is good. I saw your pictures from your cruise on Instagram. Looked like uh, you were having a ball. I was. I was. I, we had like, uh, I mean, it was all, it was mostly work, so I didn't get to do anything that I wanted to do except for one excursion and one facial. But, you know, it was a group of 26 people. Oh, wow. And uh, all multicultural, all multi religions, you know, Jews sitting next to Muslims and Christians and atheists. And we all ate, and it was very peaceful. That's great. That's great. Nice. Don, I met you through our good friend Sue in Rockville. Right. She had a potluck at her house uh, many, right. many years ago. And so we've been following each other for a long time. We're really glad to have you on the show with us this week. Thank you. So why don't you tell us about yourself and tell us about Green Earth Travel. So I'm a 60-something-year-old uh, vegan. I've been vegan for 40 years wow. now. okay. And I've been in the travel industry since 1985. So that's what, like 38 years now? And I've actually combined the two loves, and I run a company that is vegan-friendly. And um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I did – I've been working with Stephanie Miller on her hotels, you know, throughout the country whenever they have a, a tour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I book the people's – you know, the fans who want to stay there. And sometimes we have little get-togethers. It's fun. That's great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I used to live in the D.C. area before I retired from Uncle Sam, and now I move. I live in Pittsburgh, and I found a few uh, of the Stephanie Miller mooks up here, Charlie Charlie Reynolds and Mitch Goldstein. So one of these days, hopefully, we'll have a get-together up here. And if you're ever in the, the Pittsburgh area, Donna, let me know. And I was just looking. There's a brand-new vegan bed and breakfast uh, not far from Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So I might have to go check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Anyway, thank you, Donna. We're glad to have you back. And tell people where they can find you in Green Earth Travel. Well, the website is greenearthtravel.com. The uh, Facebook is Green Earth Travel. And um, Instagram is Green Earth Travel. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're glad to have you. you. And Kathy, what's happening out San Jose Way? Well, other than having cold weather and the other things, I think we're supposed to have a, a, a... a sexy liberal thing coming up here in, in uh, San Francisco pretty soon, January? I guess, after the first of the year. Yeah. Is that, and, is that in January? Uh, let's see. What else is happening out here? Oh, I guess it's about the same. It's, you know, holiday season. And 
I have I'm staying off the freeways and out of the stores. Thank you. Very right. much. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I posted a meme on uh, Facebook on Friday that said uh, marked safe from shopping on Black Friday today. <laughs> I saw that. I agree. <laughs> Whoa. It, it gets bad here. You know, the traffic and everything. I, my son uh, delivered Thanksgiving uh, food on the day after uh, the holiday because of course, we are having, you know, some illness in the family. So um, anyway, he brought it over on Friday early in the morning because if he didn't, he would have never gotten home because we have an outlet that's between San Jose and Hollister. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting home is a, a real chore. Yeah, don't want to be at the outlet malls on Black Friday. No, you don't want to be at the, oh my God, and we have a big one. Yeah. So the people come pouring in and it takes hours to get there. Yeah, I went to one one time. I think it was in, is it the one up in um, near, between Baltimore? But uh, there was, whatever, whatever one it was. The, no, it was in New York. That's where it was. It was only one way in and out. And oh my God, it took forever to try to get out of the parking lot and get out of the on the road. Oh my uh, God. Uh, well, the freeways are just, they're, they're parking lots, period. Yeah. You know, so. then you have to get in the parking lot at the mall. So I, I don't know. I think they extend it to the dirt. Yes, well, you know, Christmas, around the place. <laughs> Christmas season has officially begun because uh, the commercials on TV are nothing but uh, Medicare Advantage and <laughs> yeah, and 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 ads and uh, for, and Christmas. You know, buy this, buy that. No, yeah. thank you. I like the actually. I think the one I like is the uh, is the grandma's the Amazon one with the grandmas and the sleds where they. I don't know if I've seen that one. Haven't seen that. You haven't seen that. The three grandmas are watching all the kids play with their sleds in the snow, and no. the, and the one grandma goes on oh, Amazon and she orders the one where the three go down. Where yeah, she orders the cushions and puts them in the sleds, and the three of them go down the hill together <laughs> having fun. Oh, yeah, and then they all end up in the snow, of course. Right, <laughs> they fall off. You know that and the chewy the chewy commercials are fun too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to fall in the snow. I heard enough without being, (laughs) you know, dang it. (laughs) But I'm so, so glad we only have about a week and a half more of Medicare Martha and her big glasses. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Joe, are you sick of Medicare Martha? (laughs) I'm sick of Medicare. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, don't get me started on Medicare, please. (laughs) Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, my mailbox is, is polluted because I can't hardly get in there. You know, because I've got a little small one, and you have to pull all that junk out just to get your regular snail mail. That's, that's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so thank you, Kathy. Tell people where they can check you out. Uh, well, the main place is Facebook on Let's Remember to Never Forget. And I'm on the other platforms. You can probably get in touch with me because I do get notifications for threads and, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. I didn't know I had people following me on Instagram, but they do. So anyway, um, and I still have, you know, one of them old Twitter things. And I think I'm more of a spy than I am anything else. I just watch the thing to see (laughs) what kind of garbage is there. And it's awful. Don't don't get sued. Don't get sued because that's what Media Matters did. (laughs) And, and yeah. Elon T- Musk is suing them for looking at what they, what was posting. <laughs> oh, what? wait, they're, they're, what are they doing? They're suing them for looking at other posts? Well, they put out a report where they actually took screenshots of of corporate 
ads from like big companies like IBM and yeah. Microsoft next to people posting Nazi propaganda <laughs> with Good. with swastikas as their logo or as their as their bio image and things like that. And they put out a report and, and showing the truth that you know corporations and all then all these corporations pulled their advertising from Twitter. So Elon Musk is suing them for telling the truth. <laughs> Right. Oh boy. Oh, that's well, what it is. Yeah, he's he's something else. Yeah. So anyway, piece of shit. I wish he'd go it. back to South Africa. <laughs> right. Is that or where he's from? Yeah. Yeah. His father. He's South African. Yes. yes. An Afrikaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh God, they're a, the worst. Yeah, yes. he's horrible. He's he's a a he's a definitely a, a you know Hitler esque son of a bitch. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's a, he's 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 definitely a bigot. If he's that makes sense. This all makes sense now. Okay. I don't yeah, know why. He, I thought horrible. he was like I thought he was like Nordic of some sort. Okay. Nope. Well, yeah. the uh, the Afrikaners in South America come from Dutch farmers. You mean South? Right. Af- yeah. You mean South Africa? Right. In South, South Africa. Africans. Right. Yeah. So, so they um, and his father was uh, was an Afrikaner, and so was Elon Musk. Didn't his father own a diamond mine or something? That's where the money yeah. came from. Emerald, yeah. I believe. It was emerald. emerald. Yeah, it's not exactly he's a self-made. Yeah, right. he's, no, he's, he's, another, he's another, uh, you know, child of us, you know, somebody who dug into the ground to make their money with slaves. Yeah. Jeez. Well, uh, thank you, Kathy. And oh, you're so, so, Joe, <laughs> what's happening up Scranton Way? <clears throat> now you know, Tim. Nothing ever happens here in Scranton, <laughs> unless Except, Joe comes to visit. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Medicare, well, my I had my second eye done. Oh, good. Yeah, that's so nice. Oh, wow. Now I can see it on both eyes. Yeah. Nice. How about that? There you go. It's like it's like you said, Tim. It's a production line. Yeah. The, the cataract surgery. Yeah. I mean, it's like oh my god. In and out. In and my, out. In and my, out. My, <laughs> I mean, they were just pulling them through in and out, in and out, in and out. My appointment was six twenty, six twenty in the morning, mm-hmm. and I was home at seven thirty. There you go, right? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pop them wow. out. Pop them out. <laughs> yep. Oh. oh yeah, it's a, it's quite a quite an experience when they take you into the operating section. After that, it's all like, lay down. Give me your arms. Here's a hand. Here's a here's a pressure cuff. Here's an IV. Here's an EKG. You know. Here's a hat. Cover your shoes. Will you? Next thing you know, oh gonna, <laughs> gonna give you a shot. Gives me a shot. Next thing you know, you did great. See ya. Here's some orange juice. Get out of out of the house. Right. <laughs> so they, did they they put you to sleep so you didn't have to be there when they did that? No, they. You know, they give you a sedative. Oh. Uh, but it's an amnesia drug. <laughs> well, so, amnesia's good. Yeah, so I, actually, I, you know, I remember very little. You know, the doctor chatting, maybe, you know, sticking a needle in my eye. Oh, oh <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> See, that's what I don't, I, you know, I know too much. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a retired nurse. Well, I watched. honest I, to God. <laughs> I did go on YouTube, and I, I was interested before my first and I wanted to see what it was like, and I saw how they do it. And um, so, you know, I, I knew what they were doing, but I don't remember it. And 
just bits and pieces, but it was nothing. It was real. Like I said, I got there at 620 and I was home at 730. Do they insert a, a oh. lens like they, you know, they were doing that for a long time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you have a lens in both eyes now, a new yeah, one. Yeah, I've worn glasses my since I was a, 10 years old and I no longer need them except mm-hmm. for reading. There you go. Yeah. Now, now sometimes after six weeks or so, you might find that you might need something. That's what I was understanding. Uh, you know, a little correction. No, I I have twenty twenty in both eyes now. Excellent. Well, that's, that's usually the way it works. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I need is, uh, like I said, when I'm reading on a computer or something like that. But it's yeah. I, I have. Um, I've always had an astigmatism. That's been my biggest eye issue. Well, and, they have, you know, they're they have wonky a, and different. Each eye is different. They have well before you have this surgery. Did you have it yet? No. Well, before you have it, they do these. You have to go in for a consultation where they do all these measurements of both eyeballs, their shape, their size, the, the cornea size. It, there's like a million scans they do. They have it down to a science. Yeah. I mean, he knew the level of one astigmatism I have. He knew everything, and. He, they choose the lens uh, based on their measurements, and apparently they did a good job because they don't need glasses anymore. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, we're glad you were able Boy, to see. Boy, what your, a saving! I'm glad you were able to see your Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I wasn't able to see because I needed reading glasses. But ah. that's <laughs> it, it tasted as good. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, anyway, you didn't so need to find the cranberry sauce by Braille. Uh, no, I found it with my fingers. <laughs> yeah, was, well, that's it's braille. That, it's that mushy yeah, you stuff dab, with, the, yeah, the ridge, a, with the ridges on top. Right, if you, if it's in a can, yeah, unless yeah. you cook it. But well, yeah, that you can't beat the homemade stuff. Anyway, Tim, back to my popular <laughs> demand. I will read my last my last uh, tweet, oh, which yes. was, by the way, October 29th of last year. Yes. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was. It was at 12.42 p.m. I sent this. This went right to Elon Musk. I went, at Elon Musk is a fucking e-shit-eating, maggot-loving, vomit-inducing, venomous, corpse-eating, skull-fucking, cock-snot-ass-mucus, bitch-ass-motherfucker. Farewell, Twitter friends. <laughs> Hashtag, goodbye. How do you Twitter. really feel? I I did hold back because I thought, well, maybe they'll leave me on, but I didn't even put the hashtag in, and they had me blocked. Right? (laughs) They kicked me off. You you just almost as I was type, almost as I was type. Oh yeah, I'm banned for life. You just walked across the bridge and went. All right. (laughs) Just blew it. Crossing the Rubicon, have you not? Right. There you go. (laughs) And I meant to too, because I never ever want to be associated with that account again. There you go. And, and as you know, Tim, I had it since 2009. Yeah, I joined 2007. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I deleted mine, I think it was early December. I was a, I stayed on a few weeks longer than you did, Joe. <laughs> but in, Yeah, I, I couldn't take it. I, I, you know, the me in, and an Afrikaner would not be in the same room. Yeah, well, what did it for me was when people I didn't even follow started randomly attacking me for no reason. On <laughs> I was like, who, uh, yeah. who are you people, and why are you why are you sending these tweets to me and calling me names? You don't even you don't even know who I am. <laughs> That's re- right. See, I'm 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 just a stalker. I have my business account, but I don't really. I think I posted once that we will be leaving because of 
Elon Musk. But I never deleted the account, and I think I've only posted like maybe once or twice. But my Instagram account sometimes will repost on Twitter. But I like to go in there and just stalk and see what's going on, and then listen to the uh, the uh, the spaces because there's some really crazy shit that goes on in those spaces. <laughs> I'm sure there oh is. Oh my so. god. I mean, talk about craziness, you know. I, I Last night I was actually on, was it last night? I think it was last night I was on a Ireland um, uh, and terror. It, it was an Irish chat, and it was about terrorism and, and uh, international news. And, and so since I'm an Ireland specialist, I wanted to hear what was going on because, it, you know, they're not really um, – uh, Let's let's say this: they're not pro-Israel. Okay, so it it makes me kind of nervous bringing in Americans to Ireland right now. So, um, which I don't think there's a reason for me to be nervous about it. But it, it, you know, I just wanted to hear what they had to say. And this guy was actually on. I don't want to say I don't like saying taking sides, but he was he was more on the American side than anything. Let's put it that way, which was good. Oh. Yeah, I'm. A, you know, I'm a. I'm a grandchild of a of immigrants from Ireland. So you can actually move over there. Yeah. I guess right. I could. Yeah, I, think I you, still I, have a you, name. I've got cousins. Well, there I, you I go. Get a dual. Uh, I think you can get a dual citizenship there. Oh, well, I probably could. Well, there yeah. you there you go, Kathy. If uh, Trump's reelected, you can go to Ireland. <laughs> I get the hell out of town. Yeah, I. Yeah, Jesus but they're Christ. yeah they're not they're not big on Americans right now. So right. Um, just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to let my one of my sons is interested in going, and I I told him, you know what, just wait a few years. He's still he's fifty. He doesn't need to rush it. Yeah, he could go in, oh, you, you know, yeah. five years. No, you can go back. He can go now and then go in five years. Yeah. That's, well, that's that would the way be true. I, you know, well, I'd rather he I not go at all. I, you know, I don't want him to have a few pints and you know get into it. Because <laughs> right <laughs> there, you go. All right, thank you, thank you, Joe. Uh, uh, Tim Cornwall hailing from the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you, everyone else did. Very, very low key. But oh, you know what we did? We watched the last Downton Abbey movie last night. A new, a new era, I think it was called, or something like that, about the villain France. Oh wow, was it fantastic? Yeah, it was so good. Um, and we've been wa- actually watching the. Um, I pulled out my DVDs of Battlestar Galactica, the one they did in the two thousands, the remake they made. And we can go binging through the seasons of that. So it's been a fun, fun Thanksgiving. So wait, you have a DVD player? I do. Believe it or not, oh, no. I still do. <laughs> I have a Blu-ray. There you go. I still have my Blu-ray. Yeah. Okay. So. Unfortunately, I had to do that because it's not on any of the streaming services. So right. So. What's that? The Battlestar. The, the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Apparently. Oh yeah, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Stream, streaming. Yeah. Well, apparently it was on Peacock, and but they took it off in June. No, so, it wasn't on Peacock. It was on, uh, I think it was Hulu. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's not on anything right now, but Amazon, and you got to pay forty dollars a season for it. So I was like, nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, so many things on Amazon you have to pay for that you know, even if you're a Prime member. Yeah. Are you a Prime member, Tim? Yes, yes, I am. And you still have to pay forty a year for the season. No, forty a season. There's four seasons. Oh, four. 
fortieth season. Okay. No, forty dollars per season. To, oh wait, to buy it for streaming. Yeah, so there's four seasons. So what are you talking? One hundred and sixty dollars? Nope. I, I have. No, the, I actually had the DVD. So. <laughs> and, that's, and that's just to rent it or to buy it. To to buy it. Oh, to buy it. Yeah. But to buy I it did, for streaming. Yeah. To buy it for streaming. Yeah. yeah. The, the is a democracy. When. Was that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, that was. I'm sorry. That was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, I bought Rocky Horror Picture Show because it used to be on PBS and some of the other stations, and then they took it off. And so the only way you could do it was rent it. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to buy it because I'm going to watch it every year. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. I that's missed good. that. I haven't yeah. seen that in ages. You, you can buy it on Amazon. I think it's like $25. There oh, you that's go. not too bad. There you go. But anyway, you can follow me on threads and Instagram and Facebook and um, Spoutable and but not on Twitter at Tim Cornwall everywhere. And I want to at Tim Cornwall at mastodon.social on the mastodon. And we, uh, we're on Apple, Amazon, uh, Apple, Amazon, and Google podcasts, as well as on Netroots radio at six thirty AM Eastern, 7 PM Eastern's and on Mondays, as well as radio for humans on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 AM Eastern and on Tuesdays at 7 PM Eastern. And I know most of you probably thought it would be a best of the clown car episode this weekend, but we just decided to go ahead and do a show. So, <laughs> So we're glad Donna joined us and Kathy and Joe and Joe's got a great clown car for us. And with that, let's do the follow me three. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Daily Motion. Follow, 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 follow me. Donna, this used to be called the Twitter friend of the segment. <laughs> Twitter friend yeah. segment of the show. But uh, after I got off Twitter, we just made it social media. So who's your social media friend this week? Um, it has to be Rob Reiner. I, I, you know, I, you know, I had like a hard time deciding, but, uh, cause you know, Sue and Rockville is probably my second <laughs> for, no, no, Sue, sorry. You're my first. No, but it's Rob Reiner. I, I, I love him. And I, you know, watched him on TV several times this week and him and, uh, the, uh, the guy who's making the movie about him blanking out who it is. Uh, they, they're a great team. They're a great tag team. All right, Rob Reiner on the Twitter, and we'll go to Kathy. Yeah, I chose Hillary Clinton because of her message this week about the environment. And, and, you know, she's out there still putting her two cents in. Thank goodness. Yeah. You know, I, I love her. And I, you know, I think we did ourselves such an injustice by not having her as a president. Yeah. And we had this, now we have this son of a bitch. That won't Thank go away. Thank you very much. This man is never going to go away till he's pushing up daisies as well. Uh, you know that? what? He needs to, it, you, that's what I say. Every morning I wake up, I wonder, is he dead yet? <laughs> For how you know, many years have we been doing that? Right? I know. Yeah, Since but now I'm on, death, I'm on death watch with him. That yeah. son of a bitch. I got a news alert on my phone this morning. From one one of the media, one of the media publications is that the article was titled "Here's what would happen if Trump died before the 2024 election," and I went, "Oh, oh, was it good?" I didn't, I didn't read it, but because oh. nobody yeah, knows what would send happen. it to me, I'd like to read it. <laughs> you know, I can vicariously planned. Right. All right, oh, Hillary my Clinton. God. But anyway, I I love Hillary, and I you know I bless her heart. You know, at least she's tried. 
All right. Thank you. Okay. I think all these links are in the show notes over at TimCormo.com. And Joe, who's your social media friend? My social media friend started to play in the middle of that introduction. <laughs> and that's Bob Seska and his uh, podcast. Yeah, I love Bob. Oh. And the reason I picked him this week is because he, he did uh, something that is a big, you know, my pet peeve uh, is the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And they're, bo- and they're both siderisms. And uh, that's what, he, that's what he, his thing was about. And, and he, he got to the heart of the matter, which is uh, can democracy survive the, this both sides thing when there are no both sides anymore? Mm-hmm. No, there's no yeah. both sides. Where in the hell does, do people come up with that? Well, kind of everybody, stuff? you know what? Fox yeah. News and Newsmax, they push it, but it gets and into CNN. the main. Yes, and CNN and MSNBC and the yep. major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC. They mm-hmm. all do it. They all treat Republicans like they're an opposition they're party or a normal party or that that they're just another part of the debate. There's no debate anymore. No, it's a Nazi no. party. Thank you're you. Either on the, you're American either on the Nazis. Site. And it's time that these, especially CNN and, these, the, and MSNBC, start getting with it. And saying the truth, which is there's only one right side and only one wrong side right now. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. Right. Okay? That's right. And that's it. Okay? The Republicans are all wrong, and the Democrats are all right. And if you're on one side, you're a fascist, period. They and- have to start saying it because you can't do this thing where, well, the other side of the story is. There is no other side of this story. No. Yeah. There yeah. is the other a, side I, of the story that. is Germany, 1935. Yeah, That's the other right. side of the story. There so get with it. Bob Siska, thank you for bringing it up. And I hope somebody's listening because the mainstream media is going to be the biggest factor. They're the ones pushing all these, uh, you know, Joe Biden is too old. Uh, you know, oh, and God. Joe Biden isn't with it. But the man who is calling his enemies vermin and spouting Hitler quotes, he's okay. Yeah, and, and I love the late night shows. You know, Joe, we, we, we talk about them a lot. Yep. But Stephen Colbert was cracking jokes about Joe Biden's age. They all do it. And they I'm sick of it. it. You know, I'm, that's why they I stopped watching, stop Saturday, I stopped watching Saturday Night Live because the, I, the only thing I ever watched was the cold opening and the, and the uh, Saturday Night News segment. But I'm just sick of the joke. I'm just sick of them constantly making fun of Joe Biden's age. It's just not funny. Well, you know? here's here's the funny. thing. Here's the thing. You want the old guy? I'll vote for Joe Biden if he's in a fucking casket. Right. Yeah. So day. will I. Okay. Because there is nothing that's going to stop me from voting voting for Joe Biden, and that's what they should be pushing all over. Is that your choice is Joe Biden or chaos? Right. Joe Biden or 1935 Germany. That's your choice. Yeah. Okay. If you're worried about your fucking eggs being too much at the grocery store, think what they're going to be when Adolf the Second comes in. Right. Okay. When you can't you won't get be eggs. worrying about their fucking eggs, you'll be worried about if there's a fucking uh, a grocery store, or or okay. getting a drink of clean water. Right. So, get with it, guys. Okay. And by the way, Trump's no spring goddamn chicken either. That's right. Okay. So, there. Yeah, I saw. Now, I, um, I love the won't pictures. He be, won't he be eighty by that time? 
Or will no? Yeah, he's Trump seventy-seven. Is, he'll he's, be yeah. He'll be seventy-eight or seventy-nine. Yeah. I don't know. He'd be if he if he got another four years, he'd be eighty-two at the end of his. I mean, what, what are we talking? So three, what? Three years? Three yeah. years? And, really? And Joe and Biden not, is and, in and better he, shape. Let's face it. And he's not in the best of shape. I don't care right. what his his uh, his fake doctor put out his osteopath, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that wasn't right. an osteopath. That was a witch doctor, I right? Think. Yeah. yeah, from Florida. Are you kidding? Yeah, a Florida. They doc- have nothing but witch doctors. They in don't have Florida. doctors in Florida. They don't. No. Have <laughs> no well, they yeah. have no. Doctor Joseph Latipo. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I'm anyway. I'm sorry. The whole thing about Trump and and that letter that was released that is from a doctor who a doctor of. <laughs> He's not even a regular doctor. He's an osteopath. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so. Well, at least he signed it, me doctor. Right. So yeah. I, I don't know. I guess well, I guess still. it was the other. It's a, it's well, a isn't D-O the, isn't, or an OD. Isn't the it one should be an OD, right? M- MD, me doctor. Right. Isn't isn't the one that did the original letter back in 2016? Isn't he dead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He died. Yeah. Jesus. He died. Crackpots. I know. So anyway, get with the media. Listen to Bob Seska. He has it right. Get with this program. Your choice is Germany, 1935, or Joe Biden. That's it. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, right. and, and and stop worrying about all the pretty little things for Christmas and get with the program, people. Yes. You know, we need to get ready to vote and pay attention instead of thinking everything is just fine and dandy. It isn't fine and dandy. I'm sorry. I worry about this day and night. It's making me sick because I worry about it so much. Yeah. All right. All right. So thank you, Joe. And um, I'll put a link to that article from Crooks and Liars that uh, that you sent me. Uh, can our democracy can, survive? Can I just both? can I just say something that I read the other day? Yeah. Go ahead. Do you guys remember Coco the ape? Yes. She passed the same test. That Trump was bragging about. <laughs> oh yeah, I read that too. Oh Isn't right, I think the, I did read that. That's hysterical. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, okay, I gave, I gave, that's, I gave, that's his IQ or his acuity test. I gave that test to a watermelon this summer and it passed. Yeah, well, I could give it to my kitty, and she would say, "Are you kidding me? That's insulting." <laughs> all right, all right. So, so uh, Joe, thanks, Bob Seska. He's great. I was, I've been listening to him for years too. So. Uh, so I went with somebody. I wouldn't say to follow this person, and I'm not on Twitter at all. But I, I saw an article on Mediaite about this, and so I picked it. I picked this uh, tweet that she posted, a Jenna Ellis Esquire, <laughs> <laughs> and she said Don Jr.'s pick for press secretary is claiming I'm a disloyal harlot, and going to hell. No mention, though, of, Don, of Junior's divorce, his girlfriend's divorce from Gavin Newsom, the best Christian ever screwing a porn star while his third wife was pregnant. <laughs> Apparently, the Christ, true Christianity is not based on belief in Christ as Lord, but rather belief in Donald Trump as Savior and King and the next president. Repent and trust a 27D chest, chest guy. <laughs> Personnel picks, personnel picks, will, or personal picks will be better this time. Well, if you're going to pick from that lot, that's not Donald Trump. <laughs> There's not a whole lot better there. <laughs> At least Tim Scott finally dropped out. Oh, brother! Jesus! So, uh, oh wow. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe she'll pick Vivek Ramaswamy. God, what has happened in the last uh, what ten years? Decade? <laughs> right. 
you know, people have gone absolutely apeshit crazy. But anyway, I'll put all the links on here uh, in the show notes over at TimComa.com. And uh, with that, let's start out with uh, Joy Reid. <laughs> Since just the mere words diversity and inclusion incite a tantrum over at Fox, this year's war on Christmas meltdown over inanimate objects, it came early, thanks to Jesse Waters. Gay nutcracker, complete with a rainbow hat, a trans flag, <laughs> full price, $12, but right now it's on sale for eight. Target also sells Santa ornaments, but Target's Santa is in a wheelchair and is black. Gay nutcracker and wheelchair Santa might be the only items in Target that don't get looted. How dare Target make the Yuletide gay? <laughs> And that's having so, black children and kids in wheelchairs see a Santa looks like them? What is this country coming to? Right. <laughs> Tim, yeah, Tim. Yes. Tim, I got to oh, tell you something. What's that? Fox News, if, they, if anybody watched the new Doctor Who that dropped last night. Oh, no, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, well. Fox News heads are going to be exploding. Oh, okay. Oh, don't 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 spoil it. You. No spoilers. No spoilers. Here, no spoilers. I'm just going to tell you some of the cast. The head of unit, you know, unit. Mm-hmm. Okay. The head of unit is in a wheelchair and is female. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the daughter. Of his ex-companion, you remember his ex-companion who he's, he's reuniting with uh, for three episodes, is a trans female. Ooh. Scandalous. Oh, wait, there's more. Oh, there's a lot more. <laughs> the new Doctor Who is black. <laughs> oh! Ooh! So, oh, uh... It, oh, oh, and I, I'm telling you, Tim, when I, we were... Barb and I watched it last night because we've been anticipating, you know, it's premiere. And the new Doctor Who, the black Doctor Who, isn't going to premiere until later on. Mm, okay. But um, this was, they touched all the bases, environment. They talked about uh, eating animal. I mean, it, it was like, it was like owning the foxies. <laughs> only Doctor Who style. So you have to watch it. And, um, oh yes, most definitely. So oh, it uh, was it was awesome. So, so, but all we kept saying was, "Oh, the Fox News people are gonna be going." Well, we'll nuts. probably we'll probably have a clip next week from Fox and Friends for that. Oh, you're gonna be doing a special, <laughs> right? Oh my God! The woke Doctor Who. Oh, meltdown, meltdown. Uh, yeah. uh, I love Joy Reid, but but so I went to Target. I so I, I went to Target. I went to Target and uh, they were sold out of the rainbow nutcrackers, but I did get oh, the Santa. No. I did get the black Santa in the wheelchair. <laughs> did you? So I did. I did my part right. in the war on Christmas this year. So <laughs> the black Santa on a wheelchair. Yes. <laughs> How big is it? Um, it's an ornament for your tree. It's probably about oh, okay. two inches. About two inches. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. I can't. I can't have a tree this year. My cat eats them. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God. I might try, yeah. actually. Maybe I'll try and pick one up today. I usually Maybe get like a You could 11. make one out of a scratching post. Oh, no. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I get a green No, tree. no, no. No, I, I might try. Uh, I used to get those lemon or lime bushes and decorate those, so maybe I'll pick one up. All right. And then uh, we'll talk about Caitlin Collins uh, had on 
uh, Trump's attorney, Scott Gessler, who is the attorney in the Colorado ballot case, uh, him on the ballot, and uh, she just uh, wasn't putting up with his lies here. There are people, you, yes, there are some people who do not like the January 6th report. There are a lot of people who believe its findings. I mean, I, I saw you making this argument in court saying that you didn't believe that should be something that, you know, the, the other side was basing their argument on here. But is there anything, you know, any of the, is there anything, I guess, in the facts that she's laying out here and the statements that she's laying out here that you dispute about Trump's behavior on that day? Absolutely. Um, he did not act with intent or specific intent at all. Um, oh. We thought the evidence was very clear that he made efforts to ensure he authorized the National Guard to make sure that they were available to prevent this type of violence. Yeah, if you look right. at his actual tweets, he didn't authorize and speeches the National Guard on that and statements. Uh, he did. No, he did. No, he did not. Um, and we think the evidence was pretty testified that. And Cash Patel, his former aide, testified that as one of your. Uh, witnesses here, but when he was asked for any you know, documentation or any evidence that Trump had done that, he didn't provide any. Yeah, well, there were two. Uh, there was a second corroborative um, witness, Katrina humana, Pearson. Humana, humana, and in humana. fact, the plaintiffs, <laughs> they're called petitioners, brought in a Katrina Pearson didn't work in the White House. From one of, let me let me finish. Allow me allow me to finish. One of hmm. a, a tweet from um, an advisor to President Trump. Who, that actually referenced President Trump's efforts to make sure that the national, to authorize the National Guard. I mean, it was their own evidence that they brought in that referenced that. So I don't think it's appropriate to say that he never authorized. That's just not fair. And I don't no. think the evidence um, leans in that direction. I thought we put on pretty strong evidence. And she can say she doesn't believe people, but just because there's not a specific written document doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And frankly, part of the problem with this entire hearing oh, was that no we didn't even have the time or the ability the to send out subpoenas and get this type, right. of, type of uh, witness testimony and look at other types of documents to be able to make our case. So we well, were very limited on what we were able to do. So to be able to say, well, you didn't have enough or enough documents, part of that was the truncated or uh, you know, compressed process, the lack of our ability to compel people to talk to us, the lack of our ability to actually get documents unless someone volunteered them to us. <laughs> liar, so there are some liar, real problems liar, along liar, 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 yeah. this has been. I thought there was very strong evidence. This has been investigated time and time again, including by this committee. And I mean, Donald Trump himself did not testify here. He blames Nancy Pelosi for calling the National Guard that day, even though it was in his authority. There you go. And let me just say, I don't care how much video footage that Mike Johnson released from not from January 6th security cameras. We all saw it. We all know what happened. There were no That's ghost right. fans. And we're not going to believe any of the bullshit of them trying to rewrite history because yeah. the, the January 6th report was published and is public and is out there. Yeah. And anybody can pick it up and read it. And we all watch the hearings. That's really right. sure what you saw, Tim. Uh huh. You know what? I want to know where Trump gets all these lawyers eating out of garbage cans. Right. <laughs> Flunking out of law school. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they obviously went to uh, Trump University, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, ambu- they're ambulance chasers. Yes. Of course they are. Or or parking lot lawyers. Or that, disbarred. Like, that broad from New York. Or disbarred. Yeah, well, I mean, remember, remember in the January 6th committee, Mike Pence, 
he called up and screamed and said, get the National Guard there, because Trump wouldn't do it. Right. I mean, come on. Come on. Didn't General Milley even testify to that? Sure. The National Guard, the head of the National Guard in Washington said nobody called them until until, uh, until Pence made the call. Right. Exactly. I mean, you talk about evidence. How about asking the people who are the National Guard? Huh? Yeah, and then the mm-hmm. and then remember, was it Cash Patel or the people that were at, at the top of the Pentagon when Trump at the end of the Trump administration, like they were trying to suppress it, and and uh-huh. um, they ended up Larry Hogan had to call in the National Guard from Maryland. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know. So I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, so she went on with the rest of this. Uh, with this interview with this idiot. Is this something that you expect? I mean, the other side, we do expect the plaintiffs to uh, appeal it here. If that happens, what's your argument going to be to the, to the Colorado Supreme Court? Well, I'm almost certain that the plaintiffs are going to appeal this case. Um, do you think? We'll d- argue to the Colorado Supreme Court a lot of the same arguments we made before, which is you know, the textual and historical analysis of the 14th Amendment. In other words, especially, you know, considering the <laughs> yeah. fact that the way our Constitution is set up, the way our republic is set up, is people get to choose who gets to be their president. Uh, we shouldn't have courts striking people from the ballot. Uh, we're also going to, you know, what fully take on the court's erroneous um, argument that uh, President Trump engaged in an insurrection. We think that's just flat out wrong, certainly contrary to the evidence. Uh, it was a little bit unusual for her to spend a lot of time talking about that and then at the end rule that the 14th Amendment didn't Why apply. Why do you think she Normally did have courts, that? Well, first. Why do you think, Scott, that she did, the judge here did add those 100 pages of her, you know, going into detail about the role that she believed your, your client played in January 6th? Well, I think pretty clearly she is not a fan of President Trump. Um, but to be honest with you, normally uh, courts will rule on the jurisdictional issues, will rule whether the law applies before going into all of that. So it's really sort of a, a backwards way of going into it compared to how courts normally do it. Uh, maybe she just wanted to be able to say that. I don't really know her motivations along those lines. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, the voters of Colorado are going to be able to make the choice, uh, not a court. And we're thankful that she respected uh, the role of voters and stopped these sort of efforts, or at least the effort in Colorado, uh, which is anti-democratic, trying to strike President Trump off the ballot. But given the fact oh. that, that she does go into such detail and is now the first judge to ever say that Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection do you do you still really view this as a, a win here you know we can't stop the judge from uh saying things like that and still ruling in our favor uh, but i will tell you she also said that the first amendment protections don't apply to president trump the way they do to everyone else and we think that's flat wrong so uh, there are a lot of problems with that analysis uh, maybe that will will wind up contesting it, maybe not, depending on how the appeal comes out. Um, but at the end of the day, she ruled for us, and properly so. And uh, and this, you know, is her opinion on what happened. But it has no legal authority at all because of her ruling. The way but she I, I guess some people would read this and and see where she says that he acted with specific intent to incite political violence directed at the Capitol that he not only knew about the potential for violence, but that he actively promoted it and incited it on January 6, 2021. And they'll say, okay, 
Yes, he is staying on the ballot, but the judge also is tying him to all of this activity, saying that he was responsible for what happened that day and ask how this is a victory for the Trump team. Um, look, part of the problem with that analysis is that what she did is she took the January 6th report, which was a, a wholly one-sided approach uh, used to attack President Trump directly and politically. And she imported that whole thing into the case itself. She, she viewed that as reliable, which is, I think, most reasonable people would view that as absurd. Um, and so she relied upon that to make some well, of those decisions. there are people decisions. who would not agree uh, so with that. the foundation right, of that Scott? is rotten. I'm sorry? There are people, you, yes, there are some people who do not like the January 6th report. There are a lot of people who believe it's findings. Yeah, you no, that was there obviously before the first clip because uh, that's what she said at the first, at the first of the first clip. But, uh, but I mean, I, I'm glad that the judge actually ruled that he was responsible for insurrection. But this whole thing about, I mean, look, I worked for Uncle Sam for 30 plus years. I took the oath many times when I would change jobs within the, the federal agent, federal government, you have to res be re-sworn into a position. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, the fact to rule out that the president is not an officer of the, of the government is bullshit. I mean, it protect and defend the constitution is, is, uh, if there's That's any office that should be the highest <laughs> standard for, you know, can't, be uh, can't I mean I, I uh one of the shows was you know did they really think that Andrew Jackson could run for president but not for the senate <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean really uh, you know I I was a lowly uh election officer you know clerk to uh you know to precinct to to in field inspector so I you know I worked my way up in the voluntary parts and I had to take that oath every single time I worked. Yep. Yes, I've been there. I, I yeah. did the same thing for many years. Yeah. For years, yeah. yeah, I did too. I mean, I think, the reason, I think the reason that judge ruled that Trump was not an official under the 14th Amendment, uh, an, an officer of the government, that she was just too chicken to rule it. <laughs> that's right. what it was. Yeah. She's too chicken to rule it. it. She wanted to push it up to the appellate court, to the Colorado Supreme Court, to the U.S. Supreme Court, so that she wouldn't get the death threats, you know, for mm -hmm. making making the decision to keep him yeah, off the Yeah, because that's a real pain in the ass, you know, to be threatened. Mm -hmm. You know what? Um, well, it's scary, actually. You know what it yeah, is? Exactly. Sure it is. There's, there's a two-tier system in this justice system. You, you think? <laughs> Do you think? You think? Yeah, right. Yeah, but it favors Donald Trump. Exactly. Uh, of course. I mean, he's above everybody else, the son of a bitch. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. So uh, anyway, and then uh, Maggie Haberman was on with Jake Tapper. It's the, the federal judge presiding over his election subversion case um, today denied his legal team's request to remove languages in the indictment about the January 6th riot. They heard it's inflammatory. Do you think any of these cases are going to go to trial before the election? I do. I think that the, uh, well, so something has happened in the last couple of hours. One is that Fawnie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, uh, has asked for the trial to be set, I believe, on August 5th in that case. What's mm -hmm. fascinating about that is it suggests that she thinks that the documents case in Florida is not going to happen at all before the election because mm -hmm. there's going to be a hearing on that in March about whether to move it. I do think that the federal trial on election subversion charges is going to happen in March or April at the latest. 
test, and I think we will see several months of a trial. I don't think people have quite gotten their heads around what it's going to look like when there is the the potentially the presumptive front runner for the yeah. Republic nomination, Republican nomination, sitting in a courtroom every day. You have to attend as a criminal. Yeah, in March or April. In March or April for many many weeks. Going and this forward. is the uh, this is the classified documents case. No, that's the J six case. That's it's the January six. That's case. the that is the January six case before Tanya Chutkin in Washington. The documents case, which is Eileen Cannon, which is in Fort Pierce. Oh, that one. That one. That one. I I believe she will delay that past the election. If the Georgia one goes ahead, and I'm skeptical of that in this time frame of August, then that would basically mean Trump is on trial the entire general election, and that's an astonishing thing to get your head around. Right? Oh, wow. Oh, I yeah. think that's awesome. Yeah, he could be sitting in court every day instead of out on the campaign trail. <laughs> yeah. Just just keep That'd in mind nice. Keep in mind what I said uh the other the couple podcasts ago warning that um there is a an appeal to the uh ruling on um absolute immunity. Mm-hmm. That could derail everything. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I mean, I'm, Andrew Weissman even brought it up again this this week. Mm-hmm. I first heard Harry Lippman talk about it, but Andrew Weissman brought it up too. He said, "Keep an eye on that case." I don't really believe that the Supreme Court is going to rule that the president is above. It the doesn't law. matter. It doesn't matter what they rule. It matters that they take it up. Mm-hmm. Once they take it up, nothing goes forward anymore until they hear it. Right. Well, that's true. And they don't have they don't have to rule on it until June or July. Remember that. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the danger here. If the Supreme Court votes to take the case, all these cases are dead in the water. Oh. Yep. Well, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. I hope not. Yeah, that that's just terrifying. I just want this man to be held accountable for once in his I life. I do too. He needs to be held accountable like all the rest of us that have gotten a traffic ticket or worse. His whole family needs to be tried. Oh, God, those people are something else. I'm sick and tired of these rich, you know, people that think that they can get away with this shit. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing this. It makes me sick. And you know what? We're all on the same in the same country. We should all be held equally. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, and uh, we'll go to Jen Saki here because she said it. It's want to hear him attack the legal system. That's why he does it. He will push the envelope as far as he is allowed to go, and often even farther. And as we watch our courts struggle to contain him, and they're having a hard time, it is becoming increasingly clear that his party, the Republican Party, might be the only institution that can actually hold him accountable. But so far, they're refusing to step up. They've tolerated Trump echoing the language of genocidal dictators, routinely dehumanizing his political opponents, speaking not just of beating his enemies at the ballot box, but extinguishing them altogether. They've tolerated the dark vision for America that Trump is plotting for a second term, complete with sweeping raids, sprawling detention camps, and mass deportation for immigrants, with a reinstated Muslim ban and a push to unleash troops on protesters. Just last night, Trump wrote on True Social that 2024 is our final battle. We will finish the job once and for all. See, he's casting this not as an election, but as a battle. Every Republican who doesn't speak out against that kind of thing is complicit. But we're also at a point where the party isn't just tolerating Donald Trump. They are following his lead. 
in word and also in action. Maybe that has something to do with his view of what the MAGA base wants, a base many Republicans are scared of losing or even just scared of in general. His violent rhetoric has trickled down to Congress, where literal fighting erupted this week. I mean, if the head of the party is spouting violent rhetoric any chance he gets, I guess it's not really surprising that brawls are on the verge of breaking out in the halls of Capitol. I mean, it has kind of a connection there. This week, in the span of one day, I'm talking about one single day here, former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was accused of elbowing Tennessee Representative Tim Burchett in the kidneys. A fistfight nearly broke out in the middle of a Senate hearing when Senator Mark Wayne Mullen stood up from his chair to confront the president of the Teamsters Union. I'm not sure why that was necessary. And the chairman of the House Oversight Committee screamed at another representative in another hearing, calling him a smurf. I don't know about that use of word, but here we go. In fact, Republicans' tempers flared so dramatically and so publicly that Speaker Mike Johnson told them to take Thanksgiving to cool off. But let's face it, we all kind of know they won't. Because the fact is, the fish rots from the head. There it you always does. It right there. And Donald That's Trump right. remains the de facto head of the GOP. Now, none of this behavior should come as a surprise, given Trump's role in unleashing a violent mob on the Capitol on January 6th. The problem is, rank-and-file Republicans in Congress seemingly refuse to learn from that history even when it once put their lives in jeopardy. That's right. That's right. And all of this stuff, all these stunts, it's all for Fox News. It is. Yeah, so. And for the for fools that think that there's still a Republican Party. Did you see that picture of Marjorie Taylor Greene from Thanksgiving? With She was, she was showing the turkey, <laughs> I guess her turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and oh, the thing looked God. disgusting. It looked like it wasn't cooked all the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I put in the comments on, on the post, I said, looks like she cooked that turkey with a Jewish space, space laser. <laughs> right. Fried the outside and left the inside raw. Oh, God. <laughs> Yuck. Did you see Jason Chaffetz when he said that he went and bought a turkey, it was $90? Right. <laughs> well, and then Stephen Colbert did the math. And he, he said, let's see. Turkey goes for about a dollar twenty nine a pound. That means he bought a seventy pound turkey. Right. Yeah, wow. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, heard, I saw somebody them. else said, "Where where'd you go, Bergdorf?" Yeah. <laughs> well, Berg- you can drop <laughs> a bomb and make a big hole, and then you can put it in there to cook it. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Jeez. Oh, crazy. I just saw a flash that the um, the next group of hostages is now in Israel safe. Oh, good. 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 So that's that's good news. I just saw a little flash on that. And that's good. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, the third group. Well, that's but, the thing, like, because nothing else is happening because of Thanksgiving. The MSNBC has been nothing but Israel and Hamas for four days. So Right. So, well, you know, at least, you know, that poor little kid But uh, on top of all the others, you know. But I think Michael still said it right here. The prosecutors added that Trump is implicitly but unmistakably encouraging his supporters to act against the very people he targets. Now, Trump won't stop the attacks on his own, so the courts have an obligation with this mountain of evidence before them to actually make him stop. Joining me now are Michael Steele, an MSNBC political analyst, former RNC chairman and former Maryland lieutenant governor, Christina Greer, a Moynihan Public Scholars Fellow at CCNY, and David Henderson, a civil rights attorney, former prosecutor and a CNBC contributor. It's great to have all three of you with us. Michael, I'll start with you. It's um, mm-hmm. it's not surprising 
that Trump has gone after Judge uh, Engeron or his law clerk. I think anyone in this country would not have bet against him doing it yet again. But talk to us about this danger again, given how we have seen Trump supporters react to these attacks before. It's enormously dangerous. I, I, I just, you know, I, I'm just shocked that we've allowed this to get this far. I, you know, I'm just going to use my best analysis that I can give you at this point on this situation with Trump and his attacks on the judges. Put his ass in jail. Mm. That's you. how you end it. That's, That's right. how it stops. That's how it stops. Now, yeah, people yep. will be mad and they'll be upset, but there is no other person on this planet, and certainly not in this country, who would be, have, would be given the kind of grace that Donald Trump has been given to run his mouth the way he has, attacking the clerks, attacking the judges, attacking the prosecutors personally, threatening them. We've shown the evidence when he does that, how his base responds. And so the system is getting pulverized from within by Trump and is being pressed to the, to the umpteenth corner it can go in trying to appease him and, and allow him to be free while he's still behaving this way. So if he was to continue in this vein, then use the system the way the system would be used against all of us on this show right now. Because you know damn well if any one of us said half of what Donald Trump has said, right. we would not mm -hmm. be on air tonight. We would be in a jail cell. We people, would be shut down. People have so been in a jail cell for a lot less, I would argue. At this point. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying I was saying people have been in jail for a lot less um, in terms of vi less. for violating uh, gag orders and such. The prosecutors Amen. added that Trump is in Amen. I got to give him that applause because he said it. You want to shut him up? That's one way to shut him up. So, oh, oh wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> yeah, it would. Oh, mm. Did you see his Thanksgiving post? On True Social. Yeah. Oh, good yes. God. He's, I keep saying the cheese has slipped off his cracker. <laughs> you know, he was at some ball game, you know, with a big, you know, standing room only uh, crowd. And somebody brought him out on the stage. And he didn't they boo him? Oh, well, they booed him going in. I don't know if they booed him once he got in there. Who knows? You know, oh. I mean, there was a lot of both. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. Of course, they got to walk him out so he can get his accolades and get his little, you know, mushroom all stimulated. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> anyway, Joe, it's the holiday season. Are we ready to go see what's happening down in the Concord garage? Oh, we need to laugh. We have movies. Movies. Oh, okay. Well, let's go. Christmas is a special time, so it's important that we all remember the sacrifices of those brave men and one woman serving their country in Iowa. And so, Fox News Music proudly presents Christmas in the Iowa Caucuses. You'll get all your favorite conservative hits. Songs like Grover Norquist's Coming to Town. Oh, you better sign up. Two beggars know why. I'm telling you why Grover Norquist's coming to town <laughs> And oh. We Three Wives <laughs> We Three Wives of Front Runner Newt One got Tiffany's and two got the boot Oh come all ye hateful Oh come all ye hateful 
Racist Fox News pundits. And O Income Tax. O Income Tax. O Income Tax. Your days are surely numbered. But that's not all. You also get Mitt Romney singing Away in a Merger. Then Rick Santorum joins in with I Saw Michelle's Husband Kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> and Newt Gingrich will delight you with The Little Janitor Boy. But wait, you also get Michelle Bachman singing Vader Baby. And everyone's favorite crooner, Ron Paul, sings those old Republican favorites, wreck the halls of Congress, and have yourself a merry filibuster. So act now. Lobbyists are standing by to take your orders and your country. (laughs) There you go, Joe. (laughs) Oh, well, I don't have an album. (laughs) But... Hallmark has movies. Ah, yes, they do. Uh, and they all have so, the same plot. <laughs> yeah, well, not these. Oh, okay. Not these. Not the ones I found. Okay. No, no, no. no that's amazing. No. These are, these are, well, you know, these are made for Foxies. Oh, okay. okay. So this is the Fox News. Fox it's News. The Fox Hallmark. News Hallmark Channel. Christmas specials. Okay. Oh, good. These movies. So, okay, so you're decorating and, and looking forward to the new year and. Donald Trump's incarceration, <laughs> but you got to take a break and, you know, uh, from all the indictments and stuff, kick back and watch a good old Christmas movie. Now, Hallmark has some for Foxies, and we uh, have the updates, and I have some, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I have some uh, synopsis here that okay. you might be interested in watching these. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I picked out four that okay. I think should be on your list. Okay. Okay, the first one's entitled Christmas in the Shitter. <laughs> okay, so here's here's what that's about. Spoiler alert if you don't want to uh-huh. you want to just want to watch this, don't listen. But uh, Donnie is a broken man after losing an election right before the holidays. Okay. He returns to his home, but not before plotting his revenge by stealing top-secret documents that he plans to use to ruin Christmas for everyone in America by selling them to the Russians for billions of rubles. Okay. He hides the documents, and all is well until Christmas Eve when Santa Claus comes to Mar-a-Lago to fill Donnie's teeny, tiny stockings with coal from West Virginia (laughs) and finds them hidden, finds these documents hidden in his bathroom. Oh, okay. As it turns out. As it turns out, here's the plot twist. Santa is also a federal prosecutor and immediately arrests Donnie while he's trying to unclog his toilet after a Christmas dump. (laughs) (laughs) Donnie's Christmas is saved when he finds out that the judge in this case is his old high school sweetheart, Eileen Cannon. (laughs) He dismisses all charges and sends him home to celebrate Christmas with a golden shower. Oh! Oh. Yes, yes. Oh, we had to have it. It's been a while since we've had the Russian Hookers show. Flush, flush that witch. There you go. So, you think you're going to watch that one? Uh, uh, no, I, not I, if I can help it. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to get that one. A very Karen Christmas. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is Karen Whiteface is doing her last minute shop Christmas shopping. 
when she notices that the store Santa is black. Oh no! Yeah, and in, oh. a, and in a wheelchair. Oh, how horrible! Horrible. She calls nine one one and demands that the police arrest Santa Claus for impersonating a white character. Oh, okay. Yes. When Mike, the store manager, arrives, he explains to Karen that, and the police that the store Santa has been there for at least five years, and the kids and all the parents love him. Oh, okay. So when she asks Mike if his spouse would allow their kids to sit on a black Santa's lap, Mike tells her that he and his husband have been taking their kids there every year. <laughs> Upon discovering that Mike was gay, Karen has a stroke and dies in a pile of gift wrapping paper. Good. <laughs> you think you'll watch this one? Now? Okay. I'll watch it. I like okay. seeing somebody drop dead from being stupid. Ignoring Karen's dead body, Mike, the police, and the EMTs, all, and all the store employees celebrate by sharing a Christmas hot chocolate. <laughs> Happy there ending. You there you go. Now, was that is the star that the Karen that's also in the Medicare Advantage commercial? Oh, yeah. Same <laughs> yeah, same Karen. Same Karen they called, you know, uh, it's from Central Park, you know, about the, the guy walking his dog. Right. The black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, mm. same guy. Same woman. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here's one everyone would enjoy. Flipping for Christmas. Donald is getting ready for bed after a day of separating immigrant families, cutting food stamps, and posting racist screeds on Truth Social. Basically, a Tuesday. <laughs> right. Yeah. That night. At, at four o'clock in the morning? Uh, maybe. Maybe three, yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> that night as he sleeps, he's visited by spirits. Oh, Yes, 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 three spirits. Uh, The first, the ghost of Christmas past, makes Donald relive his past Christmases when his mother and father would lock him in his room with his only gift, a can of tanning spray. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yes. Sad Sad little Donald swore that he would always hate Christmas. Next, the ghost of Christmas present shows all his faithful followers having Christmas Eve dinner in prison (laughs) after their January 6th convictions. Oh, okay. Then, the scariest of all the spirits, the ghost of Christmas is yet to come, shows Donald's future if he does not repent. Convicted of crimes and fraud and sentenced to life and home confinement with his two sons, Don Jr. and Eric. (laughs) Oh, isn't he lucky? (laughs) Yes, <laughs> because with Don Jr. comes that that Gilfoyle person. Um, oh God! When, when he wakes up and realizes it's not too late to save his future Christmases by flipping for a plea deal and agreeing to testify against his son. Oh no! Now is that home confinement in a cardboard box? Because Judge Angeron took all of his money away. <laughs> and the final one on their menu is a Christmas mystery. Okay. Yeah, I like this one because a stranger yeah. named George Santos captures the hearts <laughs> oh, of a little New York village of Little Town when he comes to collect money to save the life of a homeless veteran's dog. <laughs> oh, the town holds a Christmas gala to help George raise the money and begs him to run for mayor of Little Town. He wins the election, but on Christmas Day, the residents wake up to find out all their credit cards stolen and their new mayor has skipped town. After buying a plane ticket to Brazil under the name of Katara Ravash. <laughs> of course. Yes. Christmas is saved for Little Town when George is caught by TSA trying to smuggle someone else's baby on board. 
Jesus. Oh. And be sure to join us this Wednesday for the lighting of the Fox News all white Christmas tree. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be followed by a tiki torch parade. <laughs> and ending with the burning of a cross in front of NBS NBC Studios. MSNBC. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god. It will be a Christmas special for the unwoke. There you go. Right. Maybe the uh, group of Fox and Friends is going to set the uh, Rockefeller Christmas tree on fire. Like, I, like, ho- I hope, I hope so. <laughs> the Fox News Christmas tree. Fox News Studios on fire. Didn't Fox News yeah, Christmas right. tree that someone's... That would be a good thing. Didn't, well, their hair will be burning, Tim, when they watch uh, Doctor Who. Okay, well... Oh, their hair will be burning. <laughs> well, well, what I mean, the, not was only it was a woman in the wheelchair that had a unit, but a trans... Character, <laughs> right? Oh my well, god! Wasn't it a, oh, oh was it, too was, much. It just encompassing everything. Oh, it, it was. Yeah, it was killing me. Was it a year or two years ago that someone set the Fox News Christmas tree on fire? <laughs> it was last year. Was last it last year? year? Yeah. Well, that's, oh my that's god! Really I forgot funny. about that. That is yeah, hilarious. That's funny. Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, oh, that was great, Joe. Appreciate it. But only it could yeah. spread to the studio. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Spread it to the studio and let's burn them right out. Well, Smartmatic might be doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their right. lawsuit, right? So, uh, uh, so because they've already lost uh, seven hundred eighty million dollars to to, yeah. to 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 Dominion <laughs> voting machines. Yeah. So. Go Smartmatic, go. But anyway, so Megan, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Medi Medi Hassan uh, was uh, talking about. Uh, one of Trump's people here. According to a new NBC News poll out just this morning, for the first time, Donald Trump is now leading in a hypothetical general election matchup. Don't believe it. Now, this isn't just bad news for President Biden. This is terrible news for the very future of American democracy. For weeks, we've been warning you on this show about the dangers of a second Trump term. The former president, after all, has promised retribution, pledged to round up protesters with the military and suggested using the Justice Department to go after his political enemies. These are plans that should terrify each and every single one of us. But tonight, I want to pull back the curtain and take a look at who could be tasked with carrying out Trump's radical agenda come 2025. And answer the question, what would a second Trump presidency without any human guardrails, without any adults in the room, actually look like? Let's start with the second highest office in this country, the vice president of the United States. Earlier this month, Trump floated the name of someone you've probably heard of before, ex-Fox host and far-right frozen food heir Tucker Carlson. Trump said that he liked Carlson, quote, a lot and would consider him for VP because, quote, he's got great common sense. Here they are palling around at a UFC fight just last week. Now, I don't have time to go through all of the horribly racist and sexist and bigoted remarks that Carlson has made throughout his career, too bigoted even for Fox in the end. So here's just a small taste of the views of the man that could be Soon, just a heartbeat away from the presidency. Oh, gosh. We have a moral obligation to admit the world's poor, they tell us, even if it makes our own country poorer and dirtier and more divided. Dirtier. Next up, Trump's pick for a possible national security advisor, Michael Flynn. If that name sounds familiar, (laughs) that's because he already had that job during Trump's first term, but only for 24 days before he was forced to resign in disgrace. Earlier this year, Trump pledged to bring the former Army Lieutenant General back, calling Flynn, quote, somebody really special. 
A reminder that this is a man who suggested Trump seize voting machines and declare martial law in some states in order to rerun the 2020 election. Since then, he's embarked, he's embarked, Flynn has embarked on a nationwide tour, traveling from city to city to aggressively push election denialism, Christian nationalism, and wild QAnon-type conspiracy theories. Now, let's move on to a man a lot of people may not have heard of yet, Mike Davis. He's the man many in Trump's inner circle, including his own son, Don Jr., and Steve Bannon, are pitching to be the country's next possible attorney general. Earlier this week, over on my Peacock show, I dove deep into the conservative lawyer's record from Davis's threats to send journalists to the D.C. gulag to his repeated calls on social media for his followers to, quote, arm up against the violent black underclass. And it appears I may have struck a nerve. Davis has since responded to my monologue from earlier this week, pledging to indict me when he's AG. For what, I'm not sure, but he's also threatened to send me to the DC Gulag. That's a totally normal, non-fascistic response from a man eyeing to become the nation's chief law enforcement officer, right? Jesus. Now to another man you may not know so well, Cash Patel, Trump loyalist, former National Security Council staffer, could very well become the country's next CIA director, despite oh my a lack of qualifications. <laughs> oh, During his first administration, Trump already tried to install Patel as deputy CIA director. The then president only backed down when his director of the CIA at the time, Gina Haspel, threatened to quit if he hired Patel. Since then, Patel's become one of Trump's top defenders in the classified documents case. He's falsely claimed that Trump had unilateral authority to declassify records, saying, quote, he could literally stand over a set of documents and say these are now declassified, like magic. Last year, sycophant Patel even published a Trump-inspired children's book called The Plot Against the King, which the ex-president has said should be available in every school in America. And last but certainly not least, maybe the craziest possible future administration official of all, White House Press Secretary Laura Loomer. What's looming? Here's Don Jr. suggesting Loomer for the job just last week. Laura Loomer's turned out to be a warrior for your dad. Listen, she's she's a bulldog, man. I, I'll say that. She gets after it. I, you know, I, 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 I'd love this press secretary just to watch DC just explode. Luma already has a close relationship with the former president. Here they are rubbing shoulders at Trump's Bedminster golf course. In fact, Trump reportedly asked his aides to find a position for her on his 2024 re-election campaign. But the far-right activist and self-described proud Islamophobe was blocked by none other than fellow far-right figure and Islamophobe, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who called Luma, quote, mentally unstable and a documented liar. Luma made headlines against this week when she said all Palestinian American employees of the federal government should be purged from their jobs, proclaiming that, quote, if you want to serve in the federal government, you should be born in this country. Now, with these kind of far-right figures waiting in the wings, ready to serve in a possible second Trump administration, it's really no surprise that The Economist magazine this week dubbed Donald Trump, quote, the biggest danger to the world in 2024. So, look, yes, you can be upset about the economy, you can be frustrated over Joe Biden's age, you can angrily disapprove of the way the administration has handled the situation in Gaza. Those are all legitimate concerns, objections, criticisms. But we cannot overlook what's taking shape right before our very eyes. A second Trump term filled with an extremist, far-right army of ultra-loyalists and total sycophants with little regard for the Constitution, which will be beyond anything we've ever seen in modern American history.
That's right. I gotta give him the boom, boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. And boom boom shakalaka goes right there. Because that's what it'll be. He's exactly yeah, right. Exactly. Look Give at project. Me every reason not to sleep again. Yeah, look at Project 2025, <laughs> man. It's disgusting. Oh. I mean, can you imagine Cash Patel, CIA director? <laughs> oh. oh my God. Have, and have you seen a picture of Laura Loomer lately? Good God, the woman has so much Botox in her face. She looks like a cartoon oh, character. Oh, she looks like a, a, a mask. <laughs> Good God. It's awful. Wow. <laughs> that's That's the picture that I found. I woke up out of a sleep and I looked at my stupid phone like most people do these days mm. and that was the first picture that hit my eye was her face and oh I my thought God. oh my lord <laughs> she, she looks like a circus clown <laughs> without the makeup oh, she <laughs> looks like something out of my worst nightmare oh, oh there's only one thing worse is listening to Kimberly tinfoil oh my god oh god <laughs> I don't know how uh, our governor well, ever was married to that woman oh that poor man he deserves yeah. to be president just for surviving that that's right well you yeah, know just, i mean just what's he thinking though i don't know do you think she changed or you think yeah no no she she was always like this well, i think she had a bad head injury actually <laughs> yeah well don somebody, jr don, she fell off a cliff and lived so i guess don jr is not doing too good of a job because she's still saying he's she's still saying the best is yet to come <laughs> Oh, right. God. Yeah. She's hoping the best is yet to come. Oh my gosh! And then there was a hearing, an appeal court hearing. Did you guys hear about that? Right Which before one? Thanksgiving. Yeah. Good to be with you. I'm Katie Turr. For the first time today, we got we the public got to listen in on Donald Trump's election interference case, the one special counsel Jack Smith brought regarding the lead up to and the aftermath of January 6. Today in federal court, we heard both lawyers for the special counsel and Donald Trump square off over the limited gag order Judge Tanya Chutkin imposed a couple of weeks ago. We'll play that audio in just a second, but first, some quick context. The gag order stops Donald Trump from publicly disparaging prosecutors, potential witnesses, or court employees involved in the case. As it should. Jack Smith's team wants it, saying it's necessary to keep people safe. Donald's Trump team is appealing it, saying it violates his free speech and ability to campaign. And while the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals has yet to rule, we did get some hints. Take this exchange where Judge Millett presses Donald Trump's team on whether their arguments that it's unconstitutional to limit the political speech of a candidate would stand if Donald Trump were not running for office. So would your position be any different a year ago? I think the gag order would still be unconstitutional. Would your position be any different? I don't, I don't see how it would okay, be Okay, so the fact that we have a campaign going on does not matter. What matters to you, is, and this is still political speech, I think, um, which gets very high protection, no doubt. I, I, I wouldn't put it that way. I think that the fact that the campaign, in other words, we have a whole series said of your position would be no different if it were a year ago. There was also this exchange where Trump's team was asked to clarify where they would draw the line regarding speaking to or about witnesses, as in when is it okay to use free speech to call out a witness or interact with a witness, and when is it or to not okay? If he were to communicate, pick up the phone and call someone that is known to him to be a witness, prospective witness in this case, and speak with that person without counsel present, 
would could would that that would violate the, the restriction undoubtedly would the first amendment protect that communication under your test we have not contended that it's not what i am asking i'm asking you to apply the test that you propose us because we have to write a test that can be applied and we have to know how it's going to be applied so i'm asking your position your legal position would that phone call be protected by the first amendment or not is it a phone call where what's that is happy thanksgiving or is it a phone call where i'm not telling you why because the order the pre-release the release restriction doesn't care about the content jack smith's team also faced some tough questioning on the extent to which the gag order could inhibit donald trump from publicly defending himself but on the issue of threats at least one judge acknowledged that the results of donald trump's language is scary and that being a juror could be dangerous let's say I'm a prospective juror, can I be protected technologically from like foxing? You're asking about whether there are t- uh, available technology that would sort of remove your personal information from the or internet? Or just that would filter, I don't know, that if things start coming through that are so fast and furious from strangers. Is, I, I mean, because it does seem like there's, there's a real phenomenon that is actually quite disabling and, and terrifying. All right, let's break all this down. Joining us is NBC News Justice and Intelligence Correspondent Ken Delaney. And um, first, can I go big picture with you and just get your sense of where this is going? Well, kudos to you and your producers, Katie. Those were well-chosen exchanges that I think really encapsulated the more than two hours of oral arguments. And I think what we can glean from those and other exchanges is that these judges clearly are leaning towards reinstating this gag order. It's on hold right now, pending appeal. Uh, But they may well narrow some of the language. There was, as you said, they did grill uh, Cecil Van Devender, the lawyer for the Smith team, about the implications of some of the language in the order. For example, what does targeting mean? What does it mean to target a witness? But that exchange that you played there about uh, communications with a witness really encapsulated what the the judge's common sense question, which they could not get uh, Donald Trump's lawyer to answer, which is, if something is improper, if transmitted over the telephone, why is it suddenly First Amendment protected if he does it on social media? Mm -hmm. And and that seemed to be what they were saying. There There are certain things that even though they are broadcast to a larger audience, they are clearly in intended for or at least have the impact of influencing uh, a juror, a potential witness, uh, uh, provoking threats to prosecutors and court personnel. Um, The judges clearly seem to take that position, and it does appear that they will move forward with reinstating the gag order, and then, of course, we can expect that it will be promptly appealed to the Supreme Court. Good to be with you. I'm Katie Turr. For the first time today, we... Oops, sorry. My soundboard is repeating for some reason. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, there you have it right there i mean it's ridiculous right yeah Uh, but i mean the arguments they're just picking apart different things i mean i'm sorry yeah they're just finding stuff you know if general milley retired general milley is a witness in this in this case you know in the january 6th case is it fine for him to go out on social media and say that he should be executed for treason No. no anybody else anybody else would we can't would, say that kind of stuff would be public. sanctioned by a judge for that and and you know the other thing too and i sent a message or a, a question to the folks over at the sister-in-law i love the sisters-in-law podcast you guys listen to that yeah but i mean you know my question is is that you know elise stefanik comes out with a statement attacking judge Ingeren's clerk 
Is there anything a judge can do to stop Trump from using his his friends in Congress from attacking witnesses and and participants in the court? I mean, if if he's gagged, why can't if, I mean he's just letting his lackeys do the work for him to do the same thing? So they haven't answered it yet. But uh, anyway, I'm still yeah. listening. So, but. Uh, Oh, uh, and Mike Lindell, did you, know, did you see uh, his pillows? Oh, not his, the pillow man again. Oh, he's... Yeah, he's his, selling slippers now. Yeah, oh, his, his pillows were on a clearance sale. <laughs> and, what for, was it, for Harbor Freight? $1.99 each? Harbor Freight. Is that right? <laughs> they, were no. 13, they were thirteen. They <laughs> were $13.99. They were originally 50 bucks, but uh, yeah. I guess when uh, people want their money. <laughs> Having a fire sale, but... Uh, Anyway, I'd say on. have a fire. Don't have a fire yeah, sale. I was going to say fire. You know, yeah, the pillows, light the pillows. Yeah, but right. he was he was on Steve Bannon's podcast here. Well, first of all, Steve, I get to take off my tinfoil hat. You know, that's what that judge said. We're not a conspiracy theory guy anymore. Praise the Lord. Uh, 100% John Frederick. This is a landmark case. We have people down in Georgia. We're all over this, Steve. We have been for a long time. This has been going on for a long time. This is going to expose everything. The judges open the door that no man can shut. And no. we, we're going to go through it. And uh, this is liar, huge. Liar, Absolutely liar, liar, huge. And everybody, if, <laughs> if you heard what John said there, or, um, he said, you know, we've got to get rid of the machines, paper ballots, hand counted. And then you heard that, you know, that they're trying to fight this down there saying, oh, we can't, we have to wait till after the 2024 election because we won't be able to do it in time. Well, the great country of Argentina, who I've been, I was just texting one of my friends down in Argentina and, and they down there the, in the primaries, they had problems with their machines, so they got rid of them, and they got rid of them before the general election. 30 million people just voted in the general election. They're going to save their country, and they vote. They votes got in in one night. Let's see. Let's start with the lie. <laughs> the judge did Can not. Can we start with his voice? Right. Yeah. Can we start with his voice first? Because as soon as you put him on, I jumped. Oh my God! I know, right? But the, all that yeah. stuff—he has nothing to do with the case down in Georgia. The judge did not rule what he said they ruled. And if he so wants to live in Argentina, go live in Argentina. Go live That's under right. a He's fascist dictatorship. You know, seriously. Right. Wow. He'd love that guy down there. Oh, I'm. Oh, oh well, yeah. he was praising him there. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a real delight. Yeah. First thing he's going to do <laughs> is shut down all the all the media and turn it yes. in, turn it. You know. And arrest yeah, anybody. And then what about that him. Dutch guy? The the right. The new guy what is wrong elected? with this world? How did he get elected? I know. Well, they're always out there. These these goofballs. They like to they multiply like you know cockroaches. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Oh, it is unbelievable. Power hungry sons of bitches. Mm, yes, and uh, and uh, we mentioned the letter. From uh, Trump's doc- supposed doctor, <laughs> but uh, Essie Cup says, "Yeah, Essie, mm. exceptional, excellent, uh, but also some great trolling on the part of the Trump campaign." I mean, no coincidence. Joe Biden's birthday. Um, to be clear, he released no medical records. Okay, there was propaganda. He Never released does really propaganda. Yeah. Right. We've seen no lab results. We've seen nothing other than whatever he told this doctor to say. 
I also heard that Kim Jong-un hit 11 holes in one. <laughs> right. He says that, so we should believe it, right? I mean, it has that kind of, it rhymes to me, with that. To me, this encapsulates this whole election. So, like, on the one hand, Joe Biden, a little bit old. On the other hand, Donald Trump, a lying liar who makes up his own doctor's reports and who right. would basically say, that, like, the cat ate my homework old. if that would get also him an old. A. Right? Also old. Right? Also old. I mean, they're right. just not that far apart in age. That's right. That's right. But, you know, it's just like, to me, the frustration of this whole election is like, yeah, I get it. Biden's a little bit old. But this guy is like an authoritarian who lies about everything. And if you think, you know, he's not a con man, you're the mark. There you hey, go. Man. Right? That's hey, it, right? Man. Yeah, I mean, really. Hey, man. Hey, uh, man. soundboard. <laughs> acting up. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Mark is right. Wow. Just crazy. Jesus. I said it once and I'll say it again. If Joe Biden's in a casket on election day, I'm voting for him. Right. So am I. And, oh. and what are we having for, for, for dinner? Biden. Biden. <laughs> Thank you, friend. <laughs> That's right, Frangela. <laughs> Frangela, I will lunch. quote them. That uh, Biden. What are we having for breakfast? Biden. Biden. <laughs> what are we having for dinner? Biden. All right. <laughs> oh. To hell with the rest of them, and I'll have them for a snack too. That's right. That's right. God. Oh, and then Cassidy uh, Hutchinson was on with uh, Jen Psaki, and she says these aides he spoke with don't want Trump to be president again. They are loath to be viewed as helping a Democrat, and that you know members of, of this group, including former Attorney General Bill Barr, have argued Trump is both unfit, of course, to serve, has probably committed crimes, but they may, may still vote for him over a Democrat. Is that kind of is that what you're hearing from former aides, some who have spoken out and some who have not? Well, to be completely candid, I don't often speak with any of my former colleagues. <laughs> but from what I read and from articles like this, and also from my experience, you know, I, there was a point that I felt that way too. I'm not proud of that. Um, but what I will say to that too, though, is that is an egregious form of partisanship. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump isn't a Republican. And yes, maybe by name he considers himself a Republican, But Donald Trump cares more about authoritarian rule than he does our rule of law. He doesn't care about preserving our Constitution. He cares about leveraging it for his own power and his own gain. So when we look at this next election, we need to think about if we want our democracy to survive, who do we elect that we can put in the Oval Office that has the character, integrity, and grit to be able to carry our country through this moment in time. And that person isn't Donald Trump. Well, as as you've said, he's likely the nominee. I I know you've been reluctant to say who you're going to vote for, but are you leaving the door open to voting for Joe Biden if it's between the two of them? I will say my door is completely shut to voting for Donald Trump. And the only reason that I will not endorse a candidate right now is because I still am hopeful that Donald Trump does not end up being the nominee next year. I think our country will be in a much better place overall, not just for myself, but the ticket and the future of our country will be. But what I will say too, though, is I think everybody should vote for Joe Biden if they want our democracy to survive. There you go. There you go. It's about time she said that. Right. Instead of beating around the bush and beating around the bush, there's a lot of people before her that were former Republicans that say it. So what is her problem? You know, she's young. Yeah. She's very young, very naive. Yeah, she is. She is naive because she was talking about how great Reagan was. She wasn't alive when Reagan was president. Shit. You know, him as a governor, I know all about him. Right. 
Shit. <laughs> so uh, anyway, did you hear that uh, the View offered Candace Owens a slot, <laughs> and she turned oh, and brother. she turned it down? Thank God. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. I mean, who wants to hear from who her? Wants to hear from her, right? <laughs> She's just crazy. And she's warm with somebody else on the right wing. Who is it? Uh, ben, what's his face or whatever? Something I don't know. But, but anyway, Whoopi says it right here. Yeah. As part of the Trump base that there is in unquestionably racism, yeah. but 40 million people voted for him. I'm not convinced that many Americans are racist. I, don't, no, I know people who voted no. for him who I know no. are not, but I think they've been lied to. But the lying is that. continuous and unabating. Now he's got this osteopath saying that he's in perfect health. <laughs> yes. He's a yeah. he, the guy is a rambling, sweating clown. Right? Yeah. He's, and Ew. he's forced into a Ew. girdle and golf pants. Yes. And then and, and they're saying that that is the pinnacle of health. And what is what does illness look like (laughs) by the way this other one this johnson person who was now the speaker he goes around i just saw him on on the on the tv saying that um he had a phenomenal first term trump he goes his first two terms as you all know we brought about the greatest economic numbers in the history of the world and that's it turns out that he inherited a booming economy from Obama, <laughs> yeah. which he then drove into the ground right. during the COVID crisis. Even before yes, so COVID. this, this right. enabling Johnson, who I cannot stand him, He's like a right-wing religious zealot who wants the whole country to be Christian. They didn't do research on him. The country is not all Christians, okay? What's his first name? Mike. Mike. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing is, though, these I don't know why these other Republican candidates aren't immediately endorsing someone else. Because it may not move the needle, but at least you're spending a currency that's in your pocket. Because the fact that none of these people are coming out boldly and strongly and putting their votes and their people behind one of the other candidates, I know the polling looks bleak, but when Donald Trump says things like, let's stop, you know, let's just jump to the end, just like you said, he doesn't even know the RNC, he doesn't pay for the debates. I don't think he realizes, and only that makes sense in the mind of a Donald Trump, that you could ever do that. We have, we don't even have the first primary until, uh, caucus until January 15th Mm -hmm. in Iowa. There's time. We have watched in the last several months how fast things change. Let's give everyone a beat to know them. We have known Donald Trump since the 80s, when he was an awful real estate person, then The Apprentice, and then a really bad president. But now all we hear about is the indictments. He has the microphone. Everyone knows who he is. We need to keep putting other people forward to give them alternatives. I don't believe that when people get polled, they, I, I heard, I read an article that said a lot of times they just vent about what makes them unhappy. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily lead to a vote in the booth. Not a Let single it vote play out. Yes. yes. And that's well, the part the that the world, I, just, I also okay. want to point out the fact that that is not how we work as a government. Right. We are, we're not a dictatorship. You can't say, yes. oh, it's me, so yes. you can't can't decide it's you. Mm-hmm. The people have to decide it's you. They, they're not going. They're not going to let you do that. And these are. Impo- it's important to know that just because you want it to happen, it doesn't happen that way. We have checks and balances, which has kept you in line. That's what's kept us from going going you're over. Not always going to get what side. you want. No, you're not. And and. But if he gets reelected, he will. 
Well, listen, if he, if he, he gets reelected, he we deserve what we get. Yeah. We, if we, I'm yes, not wait. for him. Don't if put we, listen, if we put him back in, <laughs> yeah. if we put him, if he gets back this in, country, yeah. we deserve what we got because it meant that we were not loud enough or strong enough or that a constitution wasn't strong enough to keep this bozo out. I know. Well, you have things working against uh, the, the good. Yeah. I mean, the whole world is getting a little weird. I mean, they just put a fascist into in Argentina. Yeah. Of course, Argentina. Argentina, don't cry for me, Argentina, has never been the pinnacle of democracy. But you have it in Hungary, you have it now in Argentina, yeah. you have it in different places in the world. For, even in Italy, our beloved Italy mm -hmm. has this sort of a right-wing Georgia Maloney running mm -hmm. the country mm -hmm. yeah. and taking it out on gays and trans people yeah. and just acting like a real fascist. She's a Mussolini supporter. Mm -hmm. I worry about this country very, very much. I feel yeah. we're in a lot of trouble here. A we, republic if you can keep it. It's not promised. That's None right. Benjamin Franklin. No. Yeah. We, you know, we... I I dated him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Dated. the pictures. You have a, you have a legal nudes. note. <laughs> I, I have a legal note, everyone. <laughs> Trump has continued to deny any wrongdoing and maintains his innocence in both state and federal criminal cases. He has pleaded not guilty to all charges. Yep. And I'm a natural blonde. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Whoopi. Oh, <laughs> and I'm a natural blonde. <laughs> Oh. oh gosh! Well, that's that's telling the telling it like it is. Yeah, but she's right. If he's reelected, it's our right. It, Absolutely, then we deserve it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Come on, people in red states, open your eyes. I ah. I, I keep saying I don't know who they're polling with these polls showing Trump in the lead, because I mean nobody I know answers their phone if they don't know who's calling them, <laughs> and that's and no, right. nobody has a landline hardly anymore. You know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And so, you know, uh, they got to be polling some demographic that's that's mostly Republican or something. But, but I mean, because, I mean, look, Trump lost in 2020, 2018, 2020, and 2022. And I still say he's going to lose in 2024. God, because I, so. I believe that when it comes down to it, the, the, the people, the majority of the people in this country were sick of him. Well, you know, I mean, if it's if it's enabled a lot of of Republican women to come over to the choice side, then come on. What about the rest of it? Yeah, well, I mean, we saw what happened to uh, the governor in uh, in Virginia. You know, Youngkin. Right. He thought he was going to walk away with this election, and and the no voters way. came back and said, "We're tired of your antics." Right. Yeah. All oh, that bull crap about yeah. about critical race theory and fear mongering moms. You know, suburban moms and the voting Republican and all that stuff that got him in two years before, you know, it just didn't work this time. Mm. And women, <sighs> women are, are, you know, coming out and saying, you took away our, our rights. You know, I mean, I really think, yeah. I really think that all they have to do in the lead up to the 2024 election is continually beat Trump up with the clip of him saying that he's responsible for Roe v. Wade being overturned. That's right. Yeah, that's just the introduction to megaism. Yep. Oh. Wow. So anyway, so uh, uh, Claire McCaskill was on with uh, with uh, Alicia Menendez on MSNBC and said Claire, this. Claire, Donald Trump 
warning about the threat from within in actuality. He's the leader of the actual threat, the real threat coming from within. I know I do not need to convince you of that. But we heard Christopher Ray said that domestic violent extremism, biggest threat to the homeland, the latest DHS terrorism warning bulletin from May saying in the coming months, factors that could mobilize individuals to commit violence include their perceptions of the 2024 general election cycle and legislative or judicial decisions pertaining to socio-political issues. He is the one stoking fear. He is the one stoking violence around this country. I don't know, Claire, if it is irony or audacity that he would talk about the threat from within. Well, it's a little of both. Um, but I, I, let me even bring in uh, what I think is an, also a very dangerous thread to this conversation. Please. A lot of people have tried to draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler and the use of the terminology like vermin and the, the, the drive that those men had towards autocracy and, and dictatorship. The difference, though, I think makes Donald Trump even more dangerous, and that is he has no philosophy he believes. In. He is not trying to expand the boundaries of the United States of America. He's not trying to overcome a neighboring country like Putin is in Ukraine. He is not going for some grandiose scheme of international dominance. All he wants is to look in the mirror and see a guy who's president. All he cares about is yeah. selfish self-promotion. That's the Absolutely. only philosophy he has, which makes him even more dangerous because he has actually said out loud that it would be okay to terminate the Constitution to keep him in power. He said this. He actually said those words. And the irony is all of these supposed conservative folks that have populated the Republican Party all stood around and with their with their thumb in their mouth going, well, yeah, okay, I guess so. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre, right? Yeah, it is. She's absolutely right. I think she wanted to say uh, with her thumb up their ass, but <laughs> yeah, right, right. Shit, yeah. Huh? Can't do that. And, and it's just stay out of it's stay out of jail free. It's a monopoly oh, board. Gosh. Yes. You know, you stay out of jail free permanently. Yes. Well, well, and you know. uh, we'll close up the show this week with uh, John Leguizamo was on the Daily Show, and uh, he had oh. he had a little bit to say. <laughs> I love him. He is great. I do too. Hey, what's great. up? What's up, everybody? I'm John Leguizamo. <laughs> And yo, it's great to be back at The Daily Show for two reasons. One, you guys got the best snacks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I could buy my own snacks, but they taste way better when they're free. <laughs> Except for that dried seaweed that always tastes like a flounder's butthole. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but more importantly, I came back because something is... <clears throat> Pissing me off. Univision facing growing backlash after giving Donald Trump the royal treatment. Last week, the network hosted a very friendly hour-long exclusive interview with Trump that his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, helped arrange. I just mother meal. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's more shocking, that Univision gave Trump a softball interview or that Trump let a Latin guy into his house. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? What, do you think he was there to mow the lawn? <laughs> but yeah, journalist Enrique Acevedo interviewed Donald Trump for Univision. Now, 
For decades, Univision has been the channel that Latinos have trusted for news, whether it's news about the world or news about a sexy lady minor. <laughs> Willing to go up against the most powerful woman in town for amor. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with Univision interviewing Trump. In fact, I thought it would be a dope opportunity to confront them on his hardline anti-Latino policies. But instead of an interview worthy of Univision, we saw this caca mierda. The New York Times Siena poll came out this week. It has you with 42% of uh, Latino voters support. That's yeah. unprecedented for a Republican candidate. What do you think the, the, the message voters are sending with these numbers? It's, it's a 42%, like I was saying, unprecedented for a Republican candidate. Why do you think voters are responding to your message? Do you think the border is now more secure because of that relationship and the partnership you've been able to build with Mexico? More and more Latinos are identifying themselves as conservatives. Why do you think that is? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but those are your questions to the guy who might be the next president? Mr. Trunk, uh, why, why are you so beloved by the Latino community? I mean, I was expecting this guy's follow-up question to be, is it true that to look upon your penis, it would be like, I don't know, gazing into the very face of God? <laughs> I mean, look, seriously, how big is it? Uh, tell, tell me when to start. Tell me when to start. start. And yo, just to be clear, we Latinos are not a monolith. There are some of us that do support Trump. In my family, we refer to him as the crazy uncle who doesn't get invited to Thanksgiving. But that's just my house. But as a news organization for the Latino community, Univision has a responsibility to fully report what a second Trump presidency could mean for them. And the truth is that that shit is mad scary. We have learned so much more about Trump's proposal for a 2025 agenda, particularly when it comes to immigration. Its plan would essentially call for building detention camps for migrants who are rounded up around the country uh, to be held at until they are deported. This is an extreme escalation from what we saw in 2016. Among his promises, mass deportations ending birthright citizenship and denying entry to legal immigrants based on their ideological beliefs. We will begin the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. Nobody has any idea where these people are coming from, and we know they come from prisons, we know they come from mental institutions, insane asylums, we know they're terrorists. It's poisoning the blood of our country. Wait, 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 what? Latino immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country? Motherfucker! What are you talking about? Your blood is 99% Big Mac. Yeah. Also, also, wait, did he really say immigrants are coming from insane asylums? That's not what getting granted asylum means, moron. And by the way, birthright citizenship is in the Constitution, just so you know. And I know most Republicans stop reading after the Second Amendment, but stick around, because that 14th, mm, that shit gets good. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, why would Univision avoid asking Trump about the radical 2025 agenda? And more disturbingly, why did the network cancel ads from the Biden campaign that was set to run during the interview. Oh, yeah. 
And why did it cancel a separate interview it had planned with Biden's Hispanic media director? I mean, canceling opposing views is bad enough, but canceling ad revenue? That's down, that's downright un-American. And I don't know all the answers, but maybe it has something to do with Univision's new co-CEO, Bernardo Gomez, being close friends with Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, and the only man with the skin of a flour tortilla. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I'm just asking the tough questions. Unlike Univision's interviewer, the point is, though, Univision has got to come back to its core values. I'm not saying they, they shouldn't have Trump on the air. I'm just saying if you do decide to sit down with a lying insurrectionist who wants to bring back internment camps like it's freak in 1942, you might want to point it out in the interview. Okay. Because... There needs to be honest journalism and parity. The Latino community needs you to step up because the stakes for us in 2024 are too damn high. You need to expose the truth and not just about Trump, but also about how Leonardo's evil madre <laughs> is sabotaging his forbidden love with Emilia. Arrastrate por el suelo, mi amor. Hey, man. Amen. Oh, that is great. Yeah, he said it right there, right? <laughs> that, yeah. And and Joe, what you got to right there is what you were talking about with both siderism, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's exactly right. So, well, thank you everyone for joining us this week, and we hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, Donna, you want to tell people where they can check you out? They can check me out on my website, greenearthtravel.com, uh, Instagram, Green Earth Travel and Facebook Green Earth Travel. Thank you so much, Donna. I hope you'll join us again soon. And yeah, and, this was a lot of fun. And Kathy? Yeah. Oh, you can check me out on Facebook at Let's Remember to Never Forget and the other platforms too. All right. Thank you, Kathy and Joe. You can find me on Facebook and on WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com and on Mastodon uh, at minus three at mstdn.party thank you Joe and you can find me on uh, Facebook Instagram uh, mostly on Facebook but uh, Instagram threads spoutable and Mastodon but not on the Twitty <laughs> but <laughs> Tim, Tim Gormal at Tim Gormal single branding going on and we'll close out the show with a classic from our good buddy Lauren Mayer this week she'll be back with a new song next week but this is her classic if there's a war on Christmas Christmas is winning <laughs> So yeah. take it away, Lauren, and we will see you all soon. If there's a war on Christmas, Christmas is winning. Despite this yearly nonsense, they uncork. Every corner of the nation's filled with lavish decorations. Even godless liberal places like New York. The sky's not gonna fall okay if someone says happy holiday. So don't play your blues harmonica, cause Christmas is scared of Hanukkah. If there's a war on Christmas, well, Christmas started it, making every other holiday turn green. It's obliterated Thanksgiving, Columbus Day is barely living. Pretty soon Christmas will swallow Halloween. He 
Each store from Saks Fifth Ave to Osh is blaring carols till you're nauseous. Till the most devout and hip monks feel like strangling some chipmunks. Christmas, Christmas time is Oh, if there's a war on Christmas, Christmas is Godzilla. It's taking over everywhere one looks. Forget the moanin' and the wailin' by Bill O'Reilly and Sarah Palin. It's all to boost their ratings or sell books. As for their patriotic treacle, Christmas used to be illegal. Our founding fathers would go to pieces, sing a little baby Jesus. So if there's a war on Christmas, oh please, who are they kidding? It's completely manufactured by Fox News. They say our country's Judeo-Christian, but the Judeo part is missing. There are atheists, Muslims, Buddhists, and more as well as Jews. Saying happy holidays despite what Trump insists won't turn us all into evil heathen socialists. The war on Christmas is only in his mind. Where it's apparently the only 